Hey everyone, it's Alicia Toot and welcome back to Not Fest Heavy Conversations. Today I'm joined by two of my absolute favorites, Ryan J. Downey and Daniel Decay. How are you two doing? Other than exhausted, because we're about to get into that. <laughs> this is this is such a hang. You, you, this is truly two of my favorite people. I love that we're getting to do this wicked triangle right now. Like it, it, it is a wicked triangle. It's like inverted the way I can see it too. I don't know how, how it looks. <laughs> mine's, mine's the same. <laughs> yeah, good inverted triangle. I love Y'all, it. The best no. things are inverted. It is it is uh lovely to see both of your beautiful faces. And uh I feel like it's been a really long time. But yeah. I think that's just because we've all been so busy. Probably hasn't actually even been that long. I feel like we've all been crazy busy, and it's just the perfect segue into what we're gonna talk about first, because the massive festival that is Aftershock has officially taken place. And of course, some of our official team from Knotfest were there in attendance. So today's festival talk is going to be all about Aftershock. So let's talk about the festival, the highlights, cool moments, great performances. D, you looked absolutely knackered after your time there. So we are going to start with you um aftershock it's it's not just a festival it's like the city of aftershock it's friggin' huge um i think that was the first thing for me is that really blew me away is walking onto those grounds and being like okay like wait the other stage is where like there's worlds like it's just like all spanning um so massive massive amount of space to cover and uh it, it has everything it's like it's even got its own mall like the the food the food court dispensary art gallery like there's so much wow. other shit aside from four massive stages so it truly did feel like being in your own aftershock world for four days it was all-encompassing really long days we were there for like 12 hours every day um just really soaking it all in um it's really cool too every single day because of how varied the lineup is and how much ground it covers musically every single day really was a different crowd uh you know just as many wild enthusiastic people but with an uh, an identity very unique to that group um like really passionate i'm talking like face painting and crazy cosplays and like vintage merch and band merchandise and like kind of like uh one-upping each other on like you know diehard fan stuff and just tattoos all of it like it's just like the ultimate kind of fans that sacrifice their lives to worship the bands and wear it on their shoulders like really uh really 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 enthusiastic crowds um standout sets code orange the first night was like a perfect way to start it off for me like that chaos and energy that only that band brings um is pretty cool to see like jamie go from all relaxed and hanging out amongst you know the friends and family area of the festival and just like chilling and then going on and like absolutely being ready for war that band <laughs> brings that band brings energy like every single member is moving so much and bringing so much chaotic energy to the stage that band fucking moves reba's the ultimate badass that was like the first that was my day one standout um like to get things going for me that was fucking dope um mega highlights for me though i gotta say like kiss danzig lamb of god like back to back to back as like that's insane that you could have seen them yeah yeah, holy yeah shit. Like, that and not like spread out or anything like it was All it was one. emotionally overwhelming like back to back to back three in a row um like three sets where i sang every single word in a row was it was it was a lot and code orange I, was cool but i love i'm so jealous right right into our wheelhouse with kiss and danzig oh all of us are <laughs> like love them like, so on. much yeah dude the, the danzig danzig set was incredible 
Uh, set list was fucking packed. Uh, one one two punch of like uh, tw- twist of cane. Um, I don't know. Like, is it's I a simple saw set to post, like posted a picture of uh, the set list taped up on an app somewhere, and I was it, like. Sounds I love amazing. how your brain, like your brain, is still in aftershock from the festival. <laughs> like you're still trying to gather. The aftershock. Your brain. aftershock. Yes. Yeah. Like the the set list was awesome. Like the the you know the twist into the knot of this world. Like stuff from the album, like that. Three like three songs from three in a row. Like just like really strong musical stuff, and then like a plain set with just the giant logo the whole time. Like nothing else. Like so clean. Like just like you know greatest hit set. Let the music do the talking. Fucking yeah. dancing. Yeah, Steve Zing's the man. It's my new soul, like my, my literally my new soulmate. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Steve that's Zing the guy. The man, uh, OG member of Sam Hain. He's he's been playing bass for Danzig forever now too, and yeah, uh, of course Johnny Kelly from the Great Typo Negative has been drumming for Danzig for a long time. Was he was he drumming this weekend? Also? He was he was, and Tom Tommy Victor was there too. It was like it's the gangs. That's the band. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. He's got a he, he's he's you know I love that classic lineup. Erie Vaughn, Chuck Biscuits, John Christ. That's my favorite lineup. I think it's everybody's favorite lineup. But having said that, he's got this little super group of uh, of super dudes that he's had for a while now, and you know, yeah, they do the thing for sure. And it was insane. It was it was a really like a really well curated set for fans. Same with the Kiss set, greatest hits. They blew a billion things up. It was you know everything everything That's I so needed rad. it to be for my for my final 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 Kiss show. Every time <laughs> I go, I'm per- they keep telling me it's the last time every time I go. But you fuck it, and they got me hooked. You know they're never stopping. Mm-hmm. I'll keep going. They got me for life, man. You'll be um, you'll be in Kiss before you know it because they've talked about just <laughs> recasting the other two guys. So maybe you'll be the new Paul. Oh my god, dude! I, I yeah, you know I'm going Ace though. Stop it! I, I ain't I ain't got Paul. I'm, I'll take I'm Paul. That's, that's the one. Yeah, of course. But we got we got to wait for uh, we got to wait for Tommy Thayer to oh know, fuck yeah, hire first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom <laughs> Thayer's uh, a little too young to be starting to replace yet. You're right. You're right. Very true. Um, okay. Well, uh, there's other, there was other, some other, some other really awesome stuff. Um, Want to get your take on, it was my first time seeing Amigo the Devil live. And I know that uh, Amigo the Devil fucking rules and everyone's saying how it's the best show. I didn't expect it to be that good. That was like a really intense one for me. It was a, it was a standout okay. set like over the whole weekend for me. Um have either you guys like seen that band before? I haven't nope. seen them live, but I keep hearing, especially during these conversations, uh, that yeah. it's someone you have to see. So the fact that it backed it up and actually blew away your expectations—that's oh. amazing. I'll never miss one. I'll never miss one ever again. Like if if, yeah. if it's on a festival or if they're coming to town, like that's a show that I, I would go out of my way to see again. Um, it's like that whole like dark folk thing. Like I really like it on album, but live with that that style of energy it brings and just the musical proficiency that the band has like it's just really fucking enjoyable it's really really good yeah and Amigo the devil it's one of those kind of dashboard things right where it's one person but he also brings out like a band but sometimes that was my impression of it yeah so danny's like the guy it's it's uh you know i think that at one point he was going by amigo perhaps but that's danny's the dude and he's got an incredible band with him i've like full band with him it's awesome uh keys drums he's played he plays banjo and guitar and stuff he's got he's got he's got people backing him and it's just amazing it really is like musically just super fun and they're all smiling and the energy's there and he's over the top 
that was a really, uh, really, really good standout set for me that I didn't know I was going to love it that much. Big yeah, time I fan now. first hearing about him from Ross Robinson actually years ago when he was working with him and he was just over the moon about how talented he was, how different it was, how vibey it was. And then just seeing in subsequent years the different kinds of tours and festivals that Amigo the Devil shows up on. I think it's really anytime an artist can, you know, bridge those gaps and and appeal to such like diverse different crowds. Mm-hmm. I always think that's impressive. Yeah. It's I mean the bill was like there were tons of bands like that. As I say, every day was a different day. Like really a wildly diverse crowd. Like uh I also other sets I wanted to point out definitely noteworthy the Zeal and Ardor set and that's one of one of the most musically diverse bands yeah. on any bill anytime uh, for some classic shit Helmet sounded ridiculously good uh, like ridiculously good um, really really good mix really entertaining tons of dancing everyone was dancing their whole set um, awesome. yeah it was a you know it was a really really good festival and you know there were fanboy moments for me I discovered new shit which at the end of the day is always you know really exciting in, in its own way and uh yeah i mean the big thing for me though was that yes i was seeing slipknot and i was hyped that i got to see slipknot there but the slipknot show that i wanted to see someone else was at uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yes. so they, we, we got basically the same set you got like you know the, the the full set i got the festival slightly abridged set but um yeah, that show looked fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, we had to, we had to uh, divide it up, uh, given uh, our little Knotfest team here and all the various things that were happening with not just Slipknot, but a lot of the bands that we always cover. And uh, yeah, I kept getting texts from people asking me, like, "Are you at Aftershock? Are you coming to Aftershock?" And I was like, "No, I'm doing these four other things." <laughs> there was like all this stuff happening down here simultaneously. Um, uh, one of which was uh, Lamb of Gods. A documentary film premiere mm-hmm. so they have this documentary coming out about all about the making of the new record almonds and it's like a legit high quality like pro doc like more than just you know your standard special features making of kind of thing and they had like a legit premiere for it last week um in uh, a place called brain dead studios which i know as uh, one of the old silent theaters in la it's like a landmark you know it has like the cool old like marquee which i'm a big fan of Old Marquis, I follow a bunch of accounts on Instagram that are just like just Marquis. Marquis. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So that's so you. <laughs> it, it is. And just seeing Lamb of God on one of those was like was pretty awesome because it was like up there. Um, but yeah, and, and it's funny because they used to do a like it used to be a little art house theater, and whoever's taking it over this branded studios place has really sort of um made it very sort of not festy, I guess you could say. Like it's very sort of metal horror culture with cinema mixed in but yeah so uh there were a bunch of fans there the band did a signing uh i hosted a little q a with all five of the guys and uh, the guy who directed the documentary and um it was great and it's just you know they're one of those bands that comes from that metallica school of being very revealing and putting it all out there and not being afraid of the camera and not being afraid to like peel back the curtain and show fans what they really like behind the scenes and uh, there's a bit in the documentary where Randy goes and visits uh, like an exotic animal rescue here in California where, you know, they take care of these discarded pets that shouldn't have been pets in the first place. Like, you know, a lot of primates and uh, stuff like that. And um, Randy made it a big uh, part of the movie, making sure that that was in there. And he talked a good deal about it during the Q&A also. And 
you know, how people can go and, and support and um, help keep the doors open on that place. So, you know, he's always very uh, socially conscious and has something important to remind us about in the midst of all the music and mayhem. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, as Mr. Decay alluded to a couple of days later, there was Not Fest Roadshow here, uh, I believe is the conclusion of this leg of the tour in beautiful Irvine, California, the old Verizon, uh, formerly the old Verizon Amphitheater, which I believe was the site. It's had a bunch of different names, but I think the Danzig Thrall Demon Sweat Live EP was recorded at the same cool. venue. Was. So a little tied to the Danzig set the other day. But I was going to say, yeah. life, life, life always, life always just ties back to dance. Exactly. You know that. It, all, it all comes back to dance. <laughs> Constant callbacks. <laughs> Constant callbacks. And so, uh, yeah. So obviously the show was killer. It was uh, Slipknot, Ice Nine Kills, Crown the Empire. Uh, we had a little Knot Fest stage set up for all of the Knot Fest uh, VIP members. They were able to come and hang out and get stuff signed. And uh, Patrick, the drummer from Ice Nine Kills, uh, came out and uh, did a little Q&A with me, a couple of guys from Crown, and uh, the legendary, now legendary V-Man. And I got to sit down together. It's the first time I ever talked to him. Uh, he's obviously super cool. Uh, as Why the now file, legendary? Um, but he's, you know, big shoes to fill. He, it, it, t- it took a people minute love to him now. earn the iconic because... legendary status. Yeah. You know, I think, he's, I think he's gotten there. Him. People love him. All the bands love him because apparently he's the grill master. Every band person I talk oh, to. Oh, is that so? He's like the warp tour guy that gets out all the, you know, make sure that everyone hangs out. Because he was, because he was a roadie. Exactly. Was a roadie. And you know what? That's he, exactly he what he said. from the school yeah. of roadie. That yeah, is, yeah. dude, that is the almost mentality. verbatim what he said. He's like, it's because I used to be on the crew. I know how it works. <laughs> and um, he gets the vegan options going. Apparently clown's vegan now. Um, Hell yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he gets the vegan burgers going for all my vegetarian and vegan homies um but yeah he was great to talk to and it was also fun because they had just found out that's that morning that the new slipknot record debuted at number one in the uk which of course is where he hails from and as the angle we talked about the young ones like i always like to talk about and uh everything british and um yeah it was really cool to be able to hang with him you know the day that he's on the number one slipknot record in his home country so wow yeah Good time. Kick-ass week. <laughs> it was a pretty kick-ass week. It was fun. I'm although I definitely had the aftershock FOMO seeing everybody's posts. Me too. Both of you got to see so many amazing bands within the span of like two days. I'm absolutely envious of each of you. But you had a good question it, there, D, for about the food. I'm curious too. Yeah. Did you try any of V-Man's grilling? I haven't had any. He, he wasn't grilling that day. Okay, but it was, okay. But every band dude that I that I mentioned that I was talking to V-Man, like Spencer from Ice Nine was like, he's the grill master. And that, that just like kept coming up. And so I asked him about it and he was like, yeah. And it was exactly like you said. It was, it's because he comes from that career background that he's got was, that like, you know, that like welcoming sort of hosty let's get everybody in the same place and have some food and not have it be like we're the headliner and you're the main support and you're the opening and you know so and and both bands uh you know ink and crown said that they'd gotten to like meet the slipknot guys and it's just such a warm sort of cool environment that they make uh which not every band does now you hear so many different horror stories about 
openers and just how they get treated and ignored and just like shit and I'm sure you've been through it so it's like it's one of those things where you just kind of hear it from someone that massive within our business being Slipknot like to hear that there's still that camaraderie and care that's amazing yeah and it's interesting that it, it's it should be a lesson to all the mid-tier bands who want to uh you know strut their stuff and push the openers around it's the biggest bands in our genre who are uh you know, notably the most welcoming, what Slipknot, mm-hmm. Maiden, Metallica, those are all the bands that you hear all these great things about how warm they are and how well they treat the opening bands. It's it's usually those like mid-level bands who aspire to get to that level who are, uh, you know, I think it's insecurity really. Yeah. So. Big time. I was going to say like, you know, I love rock stars. Like I'm a big fan of rock stars. I think rock stars are the coolest, but roadies, those are your real friends. And uh, <laughs> you totally, yeah, all, all my closest buddies, they're all like, it's like, oh, what band is he playing? I'm like, oh, works for bands. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's a yeah. roadie. They're always the coolest. And there's like that big family mentality and like, you know, o- grilling in the open air and inviting people in. Like, I love that, you know, they've got a guy like that in Slipknot and that Slipknot is notoriously known as that family band. And I love that. It's super cool. Uh, it's super cool to hear it from such kick-ass up-and-comers, though. I love that. Me too. Yeah, you know, I just spent uh, all of September on the road with the guys in Demon Hunter, and, and it's and it's funny you mentioned that, because much like V-Man on a smaller scale, obviously, Jeremiah Scott, who's been their guitar player for, uh, gosh, a, a decade now, uh, started out as their front of house. He toured with them for cool. years as the front of house, and he was always a guitar player, and he ended up playing guitar in the band, and he's also a producer. He's been producing a bunch of their stuff, but yeah, uh, and, and we were out... Um, that tour included uh, a stop at Blue Ridge. So I got to see the uh, mudslides at Blue Ridge and, uh, and, and it ended at Furnace Fest. So I had that sort of both sides of the spectrum of the festival experience last month where it's like Blue Ridge, where it's like every band you can name and then Furnace Fest where it's like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, metalcore, nostalgia fest uh, with a few, you know, you're in flames and mastodons and, couple of uh, bands uh, that weren't necessarily part of that. Uh, right. but, um, but yeah, it was fun. And, and being at Blue Ridge, which is like run like an aftershock or like one of the Danny Wimmer events. And then being at Furnace Fest, which is run by like old hardcore dudes. Uh, and, you know, strengths and weaknesses to both. But uh, but both were fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I think what I'm taking away from both of your weekends is just that you had the most fun at each of these events. And once again, yeah so jealous like good for you guys though it sounds like a blast <laughs> do you have any do you have any big music like do you have big shows or festival style stuff coming up soon it's honestly been so much wrestling stuff and then i'm moving so it's been manic but i know right now like i'm in talks with not fest about a couple things so i'm excited to see what's on the horizon but you know we're getting into those november december dates where it's winding down for festivals i feel like we're, we're saying it's goodbye yeah, to true. our lovely summertime fest so uh I, you know yeah. at least we're going out with a bang definitely but we're Big also time. saying hello to halloween and scorpio season so yeah that's my man <laughs> take that trade take that it. trade <laughs> well we already covered the festival section of our show but you already know that we have to get into some tracks that we are absolutely loving so d let's start with you what are you spinning like crazy as of late all right all right my dudes in high command have a new record coming in november uh there's one single out now i think that'll change soon i've heard a bunch of the other stuff that kicks ass the song's called siege warfare um high commander like uh you know everyone's into cool crossover bands and 
hardcore bands playing thrash again. So check this one out. These guys do it really well. It's like a pretty noty and busy crossover riffs. Um, it's got them Slayer harmonized melodies and dissonant whammy shit, Hail Satan. Uh, tons of toxic Holocaust vibes, uh, both like vocally and structurally. The artwork's super cool. Lots of shit about swords and nerdy kind of awesome fantasy shit and really cool dungeony shit. And uh, yeah, band's super cool. Check them out. And this new record is a killer, a huge step in the right direction. It's their second full length. And uh, they're, you know, there's no such thing as a sophomore slump, but killing it. All right. And then Ryan, how about you? Uh, I've been rocking a song called Sweet Evil Sun from the band Candlemass, who are one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, you know, Doom, Doom being my favorite subgenre of metal and them being one of my favorite Doom bands. Uh, with the uh, vocalist who sang on Epicus Dumicus Metallicus back in the band making new material uh, is pretty amazing. I am a uh, Messiah Markelin fan and would love for Messiah to be there. But in lieu of him, this is sort of like, it, it, it's a really interesting kind of what if, like what if the guy who only sang on the first album was back and making new music. So the stuff they've been cranking out the last couple of years is, is just as quality as everything they've ever done so sweet evil sun that's up on spotify and then also for uh, my hip-hop heads out there uh speaking of halloween every year around this time for the last few years the guys in twisted drop a sam hayne mixtape yes and it's uh you know they 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 played actually blue ridge and they crushed it and it was one of their sets where they mix hip-hop with the rock songs and there's a drummer and there's a live guitar player but these sam hayne mixtapes that they drop are just pure old school rap and they put all their friends on there. So a bunch of the Magic Ninja dudes uh, are on there. And everything's Halloween themed and horror movie themed. And those are all things I like. So right. I'm listening to that a lot too. That's awesome. Um, for me, it's kind of a shame to admit this, but I'm finally trying to get into bands that I hadn't kind of deep dove into previously. I grew up with metal, but then I, like doing things through Knotfest, I keep hearing about these bands over and over, and one of them happened to be Goat Whore. Um, so I listened nice. to their newest record. <laughs> um, I was hoping you'd say Slipknot. And one of them happened to be Slipknot. I just Come listened to them. Come on! The That'd be awesome. No, could you That'd imagine? Awesome. Oh, that would just be brutal. That'd be kind of awesome. It'd be a, it'd be a flex. For sure. I, I could only like, imagine pulling that over on everyone. Um, but after listening but yeah, to the totally. record, I totally get why they're so beloved. Uh, it's thrashy, black and metal at its finest. The blast beats are so chaotically intense. But I also love the different guitar techniques. I am such a sucker for picking, especially when it's crazy fast. It's incredibly dark the entire album. So definitely worth checking out ASAP. And then I always try to do a non-metal choice. Uh, for me, I've been into getting back into the Stone Roses, heavily into like a, a Manchester nice. scene. Uh, the song, I Want to Be Adored, one of the classics, is just so texturally and sonically layered with its just little like atmospheric twinkles throughout the whole thing it sounds so ridiculous that's exactly what they are the simple baseline drives the entire song and then the vocals they're just so ethereal so i love it there's a sense of wonder that always comes with it every single time so those would be my two picks to get on for this week a little eclectic everyone ever the, the hacky lazy thing to say when oasis comes up is to bring up the beatles but really it, no stone roses no oasis like the, when we're talking like direct, of course they love Beatles and Stones, but when we're talking mm -hmm. like direct influences, it's Stones. Oh, it's so similar with the ambiance very of their similar tracks, and, vocal and, delivery. And even just the style of front man that Liam Gallagher is, like you can, you can, you know, put the jackets, everything. Each other and <laughs> the walk, the stance, and, he, and they don't shy away from it. So that's the other mm -hmm. thing too. It's not like they're trying to be sneaky about who they're, who they love, so. Hell yeah. And shout out yeah. to Goat Whore. Uh, yeah, I was those... going to say, 
that one of those Goat great Horn bands that started as a side project so and now it flips all of the parent bands. Like, Stop I get the it. Goat Horn pick. That record is so fucking good. They're one of my favorite bands. That record's great. I play Sammy's guitar a lot. I know it's almost cliche about some of these dark, evil bands. Occasionally, the people are dark and evil, but Ben, the singer for Goat Horror and Solent Green, is like just one of the sweetest, nicest, mild-mannered, thoughtful people. And then you watch him on stage with Goat Horror, and he looks like he's burning (laughs) down the world. It's great. Yeah, they're all they're all really like genuine people, and you know do they fucking love to have a good time absolutely but they're also the people that like you know remember your name and treat you like family even if they've yes. only met you once like they're a real like southern sense of southern hospitality yep. with them like that shit's really real with those nola boys it's amazing Indeed. now yeah. i'm definitely gonna hit you guys up for more recommendations because i haven't even dove into the older stuff so oh, i'm yo. i'm excited we're all taking we're all taking a little bit of something something from someone tonight and i absolutely love that uh but that's the perfect way to end today so i just want to say thank you so much to both of you thank you to everyone watching another episode of not fest heavy conversations on behalf of our sweet hosts ryan j downey and daniel decay i've been alicia toot and we will see you next week right here bye everyone